Did I get a thumbs up? Welcome to Slingshot 25 Shotcast, a series of bite-sized podcasts that'll feel like an espresso shot to your brain. I'm Courtney. And I'm Jackie. And something we've been talking about a lot lately, and I think it's coming up in the Tough Conversations class, is where we're here a lot, is the value of 360 feedback. Oh. So one of the things we're noticing is people love them. People love 360s. And they're married to like how important they are and how valued they are. And we kind of pause because there's some things around 360s and feedback that that deserve a pause mm-hmm. and some questioning because, and one of the things we want to ask and challenge people to think about when they're so attached to 360s is what's the real value you're getting? And kind of from two lenses, you don't always get everything you think. And part of it's because of how the sender sends the feedback and part of it's in how we receive feedback. So we're going to unpack that a little bit in today's episode. Shall we do that? Let's do it. Okay. What do you want to talk about, Jackie? Ooh, let's see. I want to talk about the sender because I work a lot with leaders and leaders are often senders of feedback. So let me talk on the sender side of things. Um, So one of the things that we know about when we give feedback is that we tend to... I have a lot of biases creep into that mm-hmm. and biases about um, about how the world should be. Um, all of that creeps in. And we also tend to pay more attention to those things that are sort of our own shortcomings. Like when we, when we have a problem. I was trying to think if I have any, sorry. <laughs> oh, I assure you, you do. We'll do some feedback after this session. Okay, Courtney. sounds good. Um, and hopefully I fall into the loving critics um, category, which we'll talk about here in a minute. Um, but we, you know, we have our own sort of sensitivities to certain things. And so we're, we have our spidey senses are much more attuned to those kinds of things than others. And so, um, so that those kinds of biases, you know, so just like we tend to just in- inject our own shortcomings and our biases into, into feedback. So that's like number one. Um, the second thing that comes to mind right away for me is that, you know, we, we don't like to give tough feedback. So when there's a hard truth, we tend to say nothing. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and at best, Hope it goes away. Yeah. yeah, at best, we say nothing. At worst, um, we actually lie to make <laughs> it more comfortable. And we put some sugarcoat on that. Um, so, you know, so that's kind of where we start with with feedback is just, and it, and it ends in this place of people don't really give feedback that is the truth most of the time. Mm-hmm. And, and we don't teach people to do that very well. I mean, we, we throw open the doors for 360s or 270s, depending on where you're at in the organization. And we just assume that the people who are going to give you feedback, that's good feedback. And I think you, you started this just by saying we're, we're sort of in love with this idea, um, but we're in love with it in a way that we that that causes us not to pause and think about what are we actually throwing the doors open to and you know what what kind of dynamics are we creating when we do it i don't think we put enough thought into that um so that's kind of what most senders do and i already mentioned there's this idea of loving critics um loving critics is who we want to get feedback from but before we talk about loving critics maybe we should um just talk about what happens when the kind of senders that I was talking about when they put feedback out for you, what happens well, if yeah, the so person receives it? What, so we junk in, junk out. So now that person's given me something, and now I'm the receiver. 
I was recently with a group and I'm asking them like, so when we get your 360 feedback, what do you do with it? And people just, people just lie to themselves like, oh, I, I look at it. Well, we've already, I think we've talked about loss aversion and how our brains are wired for the negative more than the positive. So when you get 360 feedback, the first thing you do is look at all the bad stuff, right? You can get 900 good comments and one that says your shoes squeak and you're going to be like, ah, oh, I can't believe my shoes squeak, right? We're just, we gravitate. That's our brain's wiring. <laughs> and we can't help it. That is how our brains are wired. We're always going to look for the negative. So we filter out all the good. Okay, how is that valuable? If you have 90% of the stuff you don't even look at because it's not negative, not very effective. And then with the 10% that's left, or maybe it's 1% that's left, what's the very first thing you do when you get it? And I had this glass say, oh, I, I try to figure out what to do better. No, you don't. What do you actually do when you have a negative comment? The very first thing your brain does is try to figure out who said it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's more about the who than it is the what. So the feedback's not getting in. And we if it's a negative comment, we assume that someone who doesn't like us or someone we don't like and trust said it to us. So now, rather than taking the feedback and letting it land, we start building a defense case, right? We start, we call up our friends who know us, love us, and trust us and say, hey, I've had a 360 and they said I'm obnoxious and that my jokes aren't funny. Do you think that's true? And Jackie's like, no, you're absolutely not obnoxious and your jokes are hysterical, right? And I have this lined up, wall of defense against the feedback. And so when you take that in each stop point, I get junk in, I run it through a filter, I don't pay attention to the good stuff. So I don't let that help me grow. Then I run it through a who said it filter. And I don't like them. So now I build a wall of defense. What actually out of that process helped me grow? And it's honestly not enough. Mm -hmm. Right? It's not nothing. But you have to pause and question and be curious about what's enough. And so I think that begs the question of what is good feedback and how do you get that? And I think that's where we lead back to the loving critic. Yeah. So loving critics are people, of course, that we have a relationship with and that we have built a relationship with. It is someone who um, actually cares about us, hence the loving part of the critic, someone who actually cares about us, who um, cares about where we go next um, cares at us, about us on a personal level. And you have to work at getting those people. You have to work, you know, these aren't just casual acquaintances. Um, so you have to work, um, build your network in advance. You also have to let them know what your aspirations are, mm-hmm. like what you're actually trying to do to build your skills. And all too often, 360s, of course, are canned systems that ask generic questions. And although you tend to get to select your reviewers, they, you know, you're encouraged to get this, this sort of balance in all the reviewers, and you end up with a field of people that are, you know, don't all meet that, um, the idea of a loving critic. Um, But loving critics are the people who are going to tell us Courtney, your jokes aren't that funny. And your shoes squeak. Oh, dang it. <laughs> so they're the ones who will tell us that because we have a relationship with them and they will, and they see us, which helps them to get sort of past some of their biases and their own sort of shortcomings. I love it. All right. I think that's all for our, that's a lot. It actually is Ooh, a lot. That's a big one. Mm-hmm. But that is all we have for this episode of our ShotCast. But we always have much more to say. If you want more, drop us a line at slingshot25.com. Until next time.